Hi, this is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTraining.com and TTMembers.com, and I'm here tonight with Holly Rigsby, a certified personal trainer from Elizabethtown, Kentucky, and also the mom of six-year-old Tyler, and Holly is a busy mom who is going to show other busy moms how to lose body fat with her lifestyle program and also talk about how to get results fast, which is obviously essential to busy moms these days. And she's going to talk about a whole bunch of things, including case studies and success stories and what women have done to help get more results, as I said, in less time than ever before. So, Holly, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Craig. Okay, very good. Let's talk about, let's get right into it and talk about what type of programs moms are usually using when they come to see you or, you know, that contact you um, that aren't having a lot of success. Ah, the top three, cardio, cardio, and more cardio. Moms just cannot seem to get enough of the cardio, and that's one of the biggest keys to helping them break through that myth that cardio is the end-all, be-all of fat loss and the results that they're looking for. Um, And after that, it's usually a lot of machine-based exercises, um, the ones that lead moms to believe that they are targeting the fat in certain areas of their body, Uh, The inner outer thigh machine is very popular, Um, the ab rollers, of course, and anything that involves the arms to get rid of the flabby arms. Have you ever heard the term bat wings? The bat wings, the bye-bye arms, oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard that for the first time this year. I never heard that (laughs) terrible thing. It is. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, it's that loose skin that hangs under your arm there. Now, uh... How much time are these women putting into their workouts then when they come and see you? I would say it's very easy for them to put in anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes every single time that they work out. And those who are diehard trying to burn off that body fat are in the gym five, six, seven days a week thinking that that's the answer. Seven to ten hours per week, and that doesn't include them getting to and from the gym. Exactly. Wow. Where are they getting these this much? <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> Okay, well, let's let's move over to your program then. What are the keys to success on um, what you call the Fit Yummy Mummy program? The key is boosting your metabolism, obviously, and we do this through short burst resistance training and intervals. And also, you cannot forget the fact that you have to include a nutrition program. And the Fit Yummy Mummy program has a simple, wholesome, family-friendly nutrition plan that is that helps to establish supporting eating habits. And to do that, to fit in these exercise programs and these nutrition programs, it's all about making adjustments to your lifestyle. And, of course, we've all heard about this true and lasting results come from a lifestyle change. And, my God, that term just sounds so big and so overwhelming. But the key lies in breaking it down and making it manageable, especially for the busy moms and the lifestyles that we lead. But if you stop and think about it, it's due to our lifestyle that we have this current state of health and fitness. So a lifestyle is absolutely in order. But the trick is you have to do these small, gradual steps in order to obtain these fabulous and lasting results. But a lot of busy moms are left wondering, well, what are these small steps? Where do you start? How do you keep going? And how in the world do you make it fit into my busy, hectic, chaotic schedule? And, of course, I answer all of this and more 
Plus, I help provide the motivation and the support through the voice of everyday moms who have successfully gotten their bodies back. Okay, so let's go back to what are moms typically doing when they come and see you with their, in terms of their nutrition. <laughs> are, they star- are they starving themselves? Are they, you know, skipping meals all day and then eating dinner with the family? Or are they eating entirely different meals from their family? And, you know, that probably causes problems as well. Or What types of things are going on here? I would say it's a combination. There are the moms who are in the mindset, if I eat less, I'm going to weigh less. Therefore, they're not eating breakfast. They're eating very little for lunch. And, of course, then comes dinner time, and dinner is chaotic and hectic, and most moms are getting something to grab and go, bring it home, something that's fast food or from a restaurant. And these things are usually, these types of meals are high in calories. And with the the habits that they've created all day long only work against them because they end up consuming more calories than what their body can burn off. And that's where kind of that weight gain kind of comes in from that. So, yes, not eating enough during the day is a big um, obstacle for busy moms. But there's also the busy moms who think that they're making the best choices, but they are choosing foods that are a little bit overly processed because they're quick and easy and it's the only thing that's grab and go, when in fact – this is hindering their ability to see results. That's, that's a good thing that you brought up there. Uh, two things I want to touch on. One, you're talking about high-calorie restaurant meals in, in, and also stuff that women don't realize are high-calorie or, or processed. So why don't you give us a couple examples of sneaky foods that women may think are okay, whether it's portion size or whether it's actual ingredients that are out of whack for, um, for a fat loss program. Well, we keep hearing, hey, if you eat this cereal, you'll lose weight. The boxes even have the little measuring tape wrapped around this thin little belly. So women are buying these cereals like crazy, thinking all I have to do is eat cereal and lose weight. But they are failing to measure out the right portion size, so they actually are consuming more. Um, Another trap that we fall into is the salad trap. Well, I eat salad for lunch and I eat salad for dinner. Well, salads can very easily add up to be 800, 1,000 calories. Sure, you might have the good ingredients in there, but it's the toppings that you're putting on top, uh, the, the croutons, the cheese, whatever meat you're putting on top. And then the biggest saboteur of all is salad dressing because a typical serving size of salad dressing is just a mere two tablespoons, but most of us probably put a cup of salad dressing on top of our salad. And that dressing is probably not the most healthy dressing to begin with, even if it does say light or fat-free. It is still loaded with calories. So women, busy moms especially, are getting all these extra calories and not even realizing it. Yeah, I think the, the irony of the breakfast cereals is that it's one of the easiest foods for me to recommend, uh, easiest and cheapest, for me to recommend to somebody that wants to gain weight. And I would say that when I eat a breakfast cereal, uh, just by filling up a bowl, we're probably looking at about four or 500 calories right there, and that is the last thing that a woman that wants to lose body fat, one of the last things anyways, that uh, she would want to start her day with is about 500 calories worth of nearly processed carbohydrates. So that's a big one. And then uh, I guess also, what about the Starbucks-type drinks? Do you have Starbucks there in Elizabeth? Oh, yes, on almost every corner, it seems. Really? Yes, <laughs> they are popping and, up everywhere. Okay, and then those have a lot of high-calorie beverages as well, right? Oh, yes. Those are calories that women do not even stop and think that count and and loaded with sugar. 
And, of course, we're turning to these drinks because they're coffee-based and they give you that false sense of, of energy. And so, yeah, you get that quick energy that eventually fades away, but you're also getting a ton of sugar and a ton of calories. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's talk about, shift gears here and talk about the metabolism of most women um, and moms in general and, and or specific and talk about their overall daily metabolic rate, which is the key to fat loss, but also what has happened to the metab uh, metabolic rate of most women who maybe have starved themselves or have uh, used the diet pills or, you know, just, you know, what type of metabolisms are you dealing with with uh, the women that come to your programs and what can you do to help them? Well, what most women don't even realize is that starvation diets and lack of exercise aside, that women's metabolism begins to decline in the in the early 20s and all the way up until, you know, menopause hits and then it really takes a dramatic decline. So when you add in the fact that you're not eating and that causes your body to go into starvation mode and your body ends up sacrificing muscle mass and a lot of women are like, well, you know, why should I be concerned about that? Why, why would I care? Well, muscle is key to how fast or how slow your metabolism is. Muscle is related to your metabolism. So it's very, it is something that women really do need to pay attention to and to do, to have habits and lifestyles that actually support the maintenance or the increase of lean muscle. But if you're starving yourself, you're not feeding your body, your body ends up sacrificing muscle mass, you're slowing your metabolism down, and usually these starvation diets come in the form of these yo-yo cycles. You'll go so long, you know, depriving yourself, and then you can only do it for so long before you binge and you go back to old eating habits, and you do so with a lower metabolism. So little by little, it seems that, oh, as women age, we end up putting, you know, a couple pounds on here and a couple pounds on there. It's not just because we're aging. It's because we are doing things that are destroying our metabolism. Okay, you're talking about the muscle mass there. And just to give a clear picture of what, you know, your, the results of your clients are, you're not talking about a lot of muscle mass. So what, what types of results have you seen with women that have come through your program? And, you know, did they gain a lot of muscle mass or did they maintain their muscle mass? And what happens uh, as a result of this increase in their metabolism to their body fat? My Do you have clients. Any good stories there? I'm, I'm sorry? Do you have any good stories there? Okay. My clients are very surprised because, yes, that is that is one of the biggest myths that I think hold women back from really delving into resistance training, what it's all about, because of these myths of, oh, lifting weights makes you get bulky. I don't want to look like a man. Or I've lifted weights before and I bulked up. Well, that's just not true. And just to address what I just said, what's happening is when pe when women do – resistance training and they feel like their thighs get bulkier or their arms look bulkier, well, it's because they're not complementing the resistance training with a supportive nutrition plan. So they're, they're, they're seeing an increase in muscle, but they're unable to see that muscle because their nutrition habits are not supportive to allow them to burn off more body fat. And what, what's different about my clients and the Fit Yummy Mommies is that they understand that this is what is essential to boost my metabolism. And what they have noticed is they do increase their muscle mass. And, yeah, the numbers on the scale maybe don't change all that much, but the, dre the dress sizes, the jean sizes drop dramatically to sizes that they have never worn before in their entire life. And that's what makes all the difference is because they understand this is about, you know, shedding the fat, becoming 
a smaller toned, tighter version of me. So I think it's important that women understand that resistance training is essential. Increasing and maintaining your muscle is essential if you want to boost your metabolism and burn the body fat. Okay, that's great. And let's let's back up a bit and go through your story, you know, from before you you had your son just up to the point uh, of having Tyler. So let's go through that. Oh, let's see. Yes, memories of me when I was younger, I was always considered skinny. Um, was never, you know, something more than 90-some pounds on the scale. And I took pride in that because I got attention for it. And looking back and knowing what I do now, I can see the fact that I was just a skinny, fat person because by no means was I fit and healthy. And I was way too consumed with what the number on the scale told me, and I considered that my identity. Um, Of course, things took a turn when I went to college, and my lifestyle completely changed. And not too proud of the fact that I didn't just gain the freshman 15, I gained the freshman 30. Um, Even had comments from my family. My father was like, maybe we should take her to the doctor because no one in my family is that big. Those were very hurtful comments, and I was like, whoa. (laughs) Um, if my own family's saying something, I got to do something about this. Sure. And the cool thing about oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> the cool thing about college is that you can get credit for taking um, exercise classes. So I knew what I had to do. I had to lose some weight, so I took some. I registered for some cardio classes, some step classes, and I went on the traditional starvation diet, and I was able to get back to my skinny old self and. Maintained that up until my 20s when I realized that these same habits were not as easy to maintain. So I had to take a combination of diet pills with, um, I think that's when ephedra was legal, um, which is very scary. And I think I was really at my thinnest at that point because, once again, my family kind of intervened and said, hey, you know, you you don't look so healthy. Um, And... The entire time, you know, I just, I I needed those pills because I had zero energy. I had zero energy to wake up in the morning, to get through my day, and it didn't make any sense to me to do it any other way. I just didn't know other, any other way to do it. So did you eventually go cold turkey off the diet pills and caffeine sort of stuff? When I, we had talked about having a baby, and that was motivation enough for me to say, well, um, my body's not healthy enough to bring a child into this world, so it's time to give them up. And I probably, I was not pregnant, but not on diet pills for a good month, maybe two months, and weight started to come on pretty quick. But I knew it's what I needed to do, and I didn't know any other alternatives to make the weight not come on. And all I knew is that I couldn't do the unhealthy things to make myself lose weight. Okay. And then, uh, so then you guys went and were going for it to have to have a baby, right? Yep. Got pregnant, uh, second time, and it was a wonderful, magical experience. And I have, I can look back and say my pregnancy was um, enjoyable, except for the fact that I did gain way too much weight. But I kind of had a feeling that that's what would happen because I didn't take care of my body beforehand. And now I understand why I gained so much weight. I think my total pounds gained with pregnancy was was 50, maybe 51 pounds, and 
being as tiny as I was all my life, it was a tremendous amount of weight. I have um, no idea if that's a lot of weight for when you get pregnant. The, a normal normal weight gain is between 25 and 35. Okay. So it was a good, yeah, 15 pounds more than what I should have gained. Okay. more. Um, but I had no other choice. I mean, I had totally, and that's just the perfect example of how you can totally destroy your metabolism going from one lifestyle habit to the next. And, I mean, I had very little muscle mass. My metabolism was extremely slow, but I had to eat in a way that supported another you know, life. I mean, a baby that I was growing in my body. And I know that a lot of women who get pregnant use that as one of their, I don't want to say excuse, but reasoning for having second helpings of everything. Um, it's, it's a myth that's out there that you need to have seconds of everything because you got to feed your baby. The calorie adjustment is a mere 500 more calories than your maintenance calories, not double. Right. But a lot of women get caught up in that, end up eating too much, and... I think a combination of a slow metabolism and eating too much and a lack of exercise put on the weight pretty quickly. Okay. So obviously you have lots to relate to the women that you typically work with now. Um, can you give us a couple of case studies of, you know, maybe some success stories of women, you know, of all, whatever ages? I guess you're working with women from as young as 23 up to mo uh, new moms of like 35 or 36 even. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would even say 28 to, yeah, 23, I would say is about, yeah, I do have a client that young, and even up to 40. Um, and, yeah, these are busy moms, working moms, stay-at-home moms. I mean, it's very typical that these are the women who have allowed responsibilities of work, motherhood, and just life in general prevent them from, from having the body that they want. And, of course, the self-esteem associated with that, with this. And they just, um, one client in particular I mean, she just got caught up with, you know, having to support the family, take care of her children, take care of, you know, her husband, take care of the household, and just completely let her self-care go out the window. That was the last thing on her mind. And, of course, when women, when women let this happen to themselves, they are in search of, you know, just give me this quick fix. I just need something to help me get my body back. You know, maybe it's a special diet that's out there, or a diet pill, or a quick fix exercise, and they think that's all it takes. And it's really a matter of, you know, helping them open up their mind to the fact that this is going to take more of, you know, an understanding of the fact that you got to make some lifestyle changes in order to make this successful. And you have to, A, number one, be able to put yourself first. And a lot of women are taken aback when they hear such a comment, but it is essential that women do take care of themselves in order to see these results, in order to see the fabulous results that we see in these before and after pictures. They have taken the time to make it a priority, and the excuses need to go out the window. And this is something that they have come to embrace. Now, that's something you mentioned uh, quite a bit in, in your blog and in some of your other writing, that women need to take care of themselves first. Now, I agree with you that that's probably going to come as a very strange thing for um, you know, maybe other people to hear a mom say that she needs to take care of herself first. Now, what do you mean by that? How can how can a woman take care of herself first, and then what will that mean for her family? Well, first of all, if you're spreading yourself too thin and you're you're worried about taking care of everybody else, that's a sure sign that you're not taking care of you. 
And taking care of yourself does not mean that you throw the kids in daycare and you tell the husband that you're not going to spend any time with him tonight because you're going out with the girls or you're going to the mall. This is just a matter of saying, you know, maybe it's five minutes here, five minutes there to just maybe take, stop and take a breath or to sit down and eat breakfast in peace or to take a hot bath for about 10 minutes and relax and unwind. These are just these small moments where you actually stop and think about what your needs are and are they being met. And if they're not, what can you do to meet them? And it varies for each woman, but it's a matter of saying, hey, I can do this and this is what works for me. And as long as it's a priority for me and I make this message clear that mommy needs to take care of herself, this is mommy's time, it is doable. And the benefits that come from it are tremendous because not only does she feel re-energized, but she can give more to her children because she has more energy. The time that she spends with her husband is more high quality because she's actually happy. She enjoys herself. She enjoys being around other people. Because when you love yourself and care for yourself, you can give that in return. Okay, so um, this is getting a little off topic, but in addition to the, you know, long, slow cardio that's a waste of of a mom's time, what other, can you think of anything else that, off the top of your head that would be classified as something that most women are spending time on that maybe they don't need to? I mean, it's a pretty broad question, but is there anything that you can You mean exercise-wise or just Just lifestyle-wise? Anything over the course of the day that might even give them five to ten minutes, like you said, just to breathe properly, slow down. And and breathing is, as weird as it sounds, is just such a huge thing. I mean, many people just experience anxiety just because they're not breathing properly. So even when Holly says, take five minutes to breathe, I mean, that is actually really essential and can be a really important part of someone's day. So is there anything that you can think of that uh, might free up 10, 15-minute chunks of a day for for a mom? It could be anything. That's why I said off topic. Um, Yeah, off the top of my head, a couple things. Um, How much time are you spending on the phone? And I did just make a blog post about this today, but are you spending a lot of time on the phone gossiping, chatting with people that you don't need to be chatting with because maybe you could take that time to stop and spend it on you or spend it with your children. Um, It's wasted time. It's wasted energy. So many moms get caught up in worrying about things that they have no control over. The only person, the only thing that they have control over in their life is themselves and their thoughts and their own actions. It is wasted time to worry about what somebody else is doing, what somebody else is thinking. And I know so many women, especially a lot of women who are close to me, who get so caught up in this. And it is wasted time. It is wasted energy. And if you recognize it, you can turn it around and spend it on something that's going to be more worthwhile and beneficial to you. That's great. And I think we've made a lot of parallels between a busy mom and an executive running a company. So, you know, the executive running a company, she needs to take care of herself. She needs to get her exercise in, and get some recovery time in so that she can be on the job doing high-quality work. And I think that's the same as for the mom running the household, is that if she doesn't, like you said, take care of herself, then the quality of her work with her kids um, and the time with her husband are are not going to be as great as it can be. So very important points there. Let's go back to what we were talking about before we got all over that one. And I think we were just talking about the typical women you work with. Now, one question I want to uh, ask that um, you you kind of touched on women that have uh, more than one kid. Now, 
obviously I'm not an expert in this, but is it more difficult for a woman who's had more than one kid to lose body fat? Do you have a lot of clients that are success stories even though they've had more than one kid? And because, you know, maybe there's women out there who are listening and saying, well, you know, it's easy for Holly. She's only had one kid or it's easy for her clients. Maybe they've only had one kid. What can you, you know, tell us about working with moms who've had more than one kid and therefore gone through more than one pregnancy where they've gained weight? I work with a large amount of, of women who have more than one child who have seen tremendous results. And unfortunately, what you mentioned is an excuse. And it all goes back to mindset. Well, I've had two kids, so now I know it's not going to be as easy to get this weight off. And guess what? It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's just not true. You have to stop and reevaluate. Well, what are you doing to lose this belly fat? What are you doing to get rid of that excess baby fat that has been lingering now that your second child is three years old. I mean, the fat's not magically going to melt away if you're not going to be willing to put forth the effort. Yes, some women find that they have to work a little bit harder and be more consistent with their plans, but that does not mean that it's unachievable. Every single mom, no matter how many children that she has, can get these results. And it all goes back to, yes, consistency, using the right plan, and taking care of yourself from the start really gives you the advantage. So it's essential that you know this and that it is possible and you can achieve this. So the principles are the same. You would do almost everything the same. There's really, you know, it's like it's like the question, should men or, and women train different for fat loss? It's the same answer here You for women that have had one baby or have had two babies or haven't had a baby at all. Exactly. Okay, great. Well, let's move on to... I mean, that's a good question to move into the next one I have for you. What are the main obstacles that moms and women have to overcome to lose the body fat that they want to lose? Main obstacles, um, besides the lack of time, uh, they have no energy. They are they feel they are unable to stick with it because, you know, there's always one thing or another popping up. Children are very unpredictable. And maybe you had set aside that 20 minutes to work out in the morning, but you got a call from school and you have to go pick your child up. So just little things like that that get your schedule off track cause you to put it on the back burner. Um, if I can just, interrupt for one second, when yeah. do most of your moms work out? Do they work out at all times of the day or do they find that first thing in the morning is best? It doesn't sound like the best time, but when there do is, they work out with you? Yes, and there is a variety, but I would say the the most common um times that that our busy moms have found that's worked for them is in the morning whether it's first thing in the morning waking up before anybody else is up or maybe they are stay-at-home moms and after they get the kids up and the kids are you know focused on a a game or a toy then taking that time to get it done yes i do have busy moms that are able to fit it in in the second half of the day but just as anybody else knows, your fitness plan tends to get put off because other responsibilities tend to pop up in the second half of the day, and it's easy to let that go. So it's easier and more successful to go ahead and get that scheduled and planned and get it done the first half of the day. Great. And then so obviously one of the main lessons here is it doesn't really matter what time of day you work out at. You're still going to get results, right? Exactly. Okay. And then um, the other thing that I want to talk about is you mentioned that, you know, a mom can just get her, you know, have her child as active with something and she's monitoring her child or whatever, but she can just work out at home with your program, right? Oh, my gosh, yes. That's the best thing ever. 
because that's the biggest excuse is, well, I can't work out. I've got kids, and it's a pain to lug them in the car, and my child acts up when I, whenever I try to go anywhere. Yep, that excuse is out the window. So how do these women that work out 90 minutes a day, how are they getting this on here? <laughs> um, the, yeah, the clients that I have that were used to that type of schedule absolutely were skeptical. And I just said, you need to trust me and have faith in this system. And I would say within the first week, maybe two weeks at max, they are believers. They cannot, they are just astounded by the quick results that they get in such a short period of time. Whether it's, you know, the tremendous boost in energy or the the fact that because they're not doing so much cardio, their body seems to tone up a lot faster. Um, so they they are, they they just are astounded by the, the results. Yeah, that's a huge thing that I've found in the people I've worked with as well, men and women. But once they stop doing, you know, seven to ten hours of cardio per week and, and change to the short burst exercise, that the body really responds and is probably a change in their hormones. Now, let's go back to the obstacles that uh, we're trying to overcome. Did I, did I let you finish that one, or is there anything else you want to go over for obstacles that might get in the way of a mom succeeding? Um, I, th- I think I was just going to say something to the effect that they just feel like they can't balance everything to have everything that they want. It's just It, it just seems unrealistic to them. Um, and then, of course, the big one is not embracing the fact that they have to stop and take care of themselves in order to make these changes happen, whether it's, you know, hesitation of will I look selfish or my needs have to come last because that's what I learned. Um, I would say that those are the major obstacles. And then so how do you help them overcome the lack of time in their life for exercise, you know, the ones that aren't already doing 90 minutes per day? Well, it absolutely must begin by establishing the right mindset and then from there establishing realistic goals. If those are not in place, then no program is going to be successful long term. So it's essential that we spend enough time going over that and getting the right foundation in place. Um, and then from there, based on each individual's lifestyle, it's a matter of creating awareness that even the smallest snippets of time can have a dramatic impact on a busy mom's ability to achieve results. And, I mean, the entire fact that the Fit Yummy Mummy program is less than 90 minutes a week, not 90 minutes a day. And a lot of times women come and think, well, I don't have 90 minutes a day. I don't have 60 minutes a day. Well, guess what? You don't need that. And if you can just find 90 minutes a week, that's all it takes. And it's just the the myth of more is not better. It's about using the time efficiently to get the best results possible in the time that you do have available. How do they break that up? Do they do uh, 15 minutes six days a week or three days a week or 30 minutes or two or 45? How does that work out there, the 90 minutes per week? The 90 minutes a week can it can be a different. We have a variety of formats in which you could choose from. It can be 15 minutes of your resistance training followed by 15 minutes of interval training, doing this three days a week, alternating days, or you can choose to do you know one of those components in the morning, whether it's resistance training or interval training, and then the other component the second half of the day, or you can perform your resistance training and your interval training on alternate days. So there's a large variety as far as what works best for you and what fits into your lifestyle. But any format that you choose, it's not going to take any more than 90 minutes a week. Okay, so we talked about the exercise component, fitting that into the busy day. Now, 
you mentioned before that nutrition is very important. So let's talk about planning nutritional yet delicious meals for, you know, family. Um, and on a limited amount of time, that must be quite difficult. So what kind of information can you give the moms? Well, first of all, once again, it's establishing the fact that eating supportively is not a complicated system. That's just a myth. And eating supportively, excuse me, is not um, horrible. I mean, a lot of people think, oh, i got to eat right. It's going to taste like crap. It's going to be boring. Those are just myths. And supportive foods are absolutely delicious. And once you know the consequences of not eating support supportively, the choice to do so becomes blatantly aware, and you do everything in your power to make supportive choices. Um, but as as you had mentioned, yeah, planning is it does take time, and you and the best way to make this fit into a busy mom's lifestyle style is just like with the exercise. Do you have 15 minutes to sit down and think about what you're going to eat for the week? And if you can't sit down and think seven days ahead of time, then just plan it out for the next two to three days and do it in chunks. And you you do have to sit down. You do have to make the time. You have to make it a priority to map it out because you know what happens once you get into your busy routine. Eating becomes last on your list. And that's when we turn to easy convenience foods, fast foods, which are nutritionally dead and high in calories and absolutely do not support fat loss. And they really suck the energy out of you too, don't they? Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> they absolutely do. Okay, so let's talk about the grocery shopping aspect of it. I mean, I'm, I would imagine if you plan the meals out, then you can plan your shopping out, and therefore you can probably even save some time doing that. And, and is that a good a, uh, a summary of that? And then what kind of recommendations do you have for, for increasing your efficiency at the grocery store? Yes, that the, the grocery store, the grocery list does come next. Before you even leave for the grocery store, though, it's good to take inventory of what you have at home because I grew up in a household where my mom went to the grocery store three or four times a week, and every time we went to the store, she brought home something that we already had, and I know we wasted so much money and so much time doing that. Grocery shopping does not need to be done more than once a week, and as we already know, grocery stores are very tempting places, and we tend to buy things that we do not need. So a list is essential, and the less time you spend in the grocery store, the better. But you have to know what you're going to eat over the next couple days, over the next week, and you make your list based on that. And then, of course, you can save time in the grocery store by not only going in there with a list, but organizing your list according to the layout of the grocery store. And one of my tips is, before I even go into the grocery store, I sit in the car for, what, maybe a minute, and I visualize the fact that I am going to get in and out of this store. I do not want to spend any more time in here than I need. And I even point out where I might spend too much time. I always like to look at the air fresheners, even though they're not on my list, because what if there's something cool on sale and I want to, you know, make the house smell good? Well, that's a waste of time and a waste of money, so I even visualize myself passing that aisle and just sticking to my list and getting in and out. Okay, um, that's really good. And... Uh Something that, okay, well, let's just move on from there. Now, how quickly can a new mom get back into exercise? We're going to switch gears and go back to the exercise stuff now. So, okay. Um, that's something that uh, I don't know about. So what, what can you tell us about when a mom can get back into, you know, a, a real regular exercise routine and are there things that she has to avoid? 
and well, and of course, with pregnancy and postpartum, there are you know certain circumstances where exercise is not possible during the first month or so because of the the impact that pregnancy did have on the body and the birthing process. But on average, there's no reason why a new mom cannot begin an exercise program within the first two to four weeks with her doctor's permission. And then is the uh, the calorie requirements, do they still stay uh, elevated because of the breastfeeding, or do they go back to, you know, pre-pregnancy normal levels? Breastfeeding moms do have an elevated calorie recommendation um, to be able to, to, for the body to be able to produce milk. But, and, and a lot of moms um, who do breastfeed see that quick weight loss, and that's because their body is expending a tremendous amount of calories to produce milk. And you do need to make sure you're eating enough at that point. If you're not breastfeeding, then it can go back down. Okay. And so realistically, a woman shouldn't really be, I guess she will lose weight if she's breastfeeding, but it really shouldn't be, you know, the main focus of her activity, or in her mindset anyways, for the first couple months after pregnancy. Does that make sense? Yes. And unfortunately, a lot of women do hang on to that, and I was one of them. Okay. All right. Well, then... So once a mom, new mom can get back into exercise, what, um, you know, where might she start? What are some things that she has to, you know, muscle groups or exercises that she should really start with uh, to help normalize her body, I guess, back before she goes into a real full routine? Um, there is no reason why a new mom cannot do a full body workout, mainly starting off with body weight exercises to get the body back used to that resistance training Okay. Um, getting, you know, putting challenge on the muscles, staying active through intervals, um, through not traditional cardio, I would say, but just being active. Okay. And then um, when new moms come to you, what are generally the big goals that they have in terms of fitness and fat loss? They want to feel normal again and get back into their pre-pregnancy clothes as quickly as possible because, my God, are they tired of wearing this tent-like clothing. They just want to feel normal. Why don't you tell us your post-pregnancy story then? Oh, yes. Um, Magical experience, I will tell you that, and I look forward to the next one, and now with more experience. Um. I was one of those moms who did hold on to that belief that quick weight loss comes even before you leave the the hospital because obviously you're expelling all that along with the baby. And then once you get home, breastfeeding causes weight loss. So I held on to that, and I don't think I was really active um, for about two or three months out of pregnancy. And I think what kind of kept me in that mindset was the fact that I was able to get back into a size pair of jeans, like regular jeans. And I thought, well, at least I'm not wearing pregnancy clothes anymore. Regular jeans, fine. And I kept telling myself, well, you know, I'm not back to my pre-baby body by any means, but I did have a baby and this is this is better than nothing. Right. And, and, I, and just to clarify, this is before you really had all your education and, and what oh, now, yeah. right? So you were I guess naive or novice yes. or whatever you wanna you wanna call it. Non fitness minded. <laughs> right, okay. Um yeah and I think that a lot of moms end up falling into that mindset of just settling and 
just coming to to the false belief that I lost my body, this is what babies do, and I may never get my body back again. Um, <clears throat> and I think that around the third month, I began walking with Tyler. And he was usually carried in the front in a snuggly or on on my back in a backpack, and when he got a little bit bigger, I would push him in a stroller. And once we started walking, I noticed, hey, you know, my jeans are getting a little baggy. I, I can, I think I can go down a size. So, and I was living in Boston at the time, and um, I actually was a nanny for a couple different families. So, for people, I know that some people say, well, Holly only had one baby. Well, actually, I actually had two or three babies at one point because I was going to their home during the day and caring for their newborn, newborns as well. So, I understood what it was like to try to balance all of that. Um, we did not have cars when we lived in Boston, so I was forced to walk and use public transportation. In Boston, is there's some hilly parts, and I found that um, I would go on these walking intervals. I guess now that I would look back and call them that, but I would be walking up and down the hills fast and slow, and this caused me to see some faster weight loss. So I felt like I, you know, was onto something. Because I kind of, I was, I didn't think I could ever achieve more weight loss or didn't, it wasn't a priority, but here I had kind of stumbled upon it. Great. And then you pretty much figured out a way for, for moms to do that at home. You know, they don't need big hills in Boston to, to do that uh, short burst type of exercise, right? Oh, no. Yes. Okay. And then, well, one, one other thing I want to ask you about is that you've mentioned a couple times about the mindset, you know, some moms may be just, you know, get into the mindset of settling what was it that, you know, was the trigger point that made you take action, and what is generally the trigger point that makes other moms take, take action? Basically, what's the difference between a mom who just, who ends up, you know, just not getting back into exercise and nutrition and, and allows the busyness of life to, to set the pace versus the moms that come to you and are, you know, focused on succeeding and changing and are willing to get back into it. So is there a, a common trigger or is it, you know, everyone has their own reason for doing this? Is there anything that you can <clears throat> tell us about that? I think that it might vary, but I know as well as I know a handful of clients who um, felt this way as well, just seeing seeing a picture of yourself can really make, the, you know, make your stomach turn. And you, you see yourself in this picture, and you know what you can look like, you know what you can feel like, and you you just refuse to accept it anymore. And you you strive to want something better for yourself. And then when you start to see that, you know, the body that you feel trapped in is causing you to not really enjoy your life, not enjoy your child, not enjoy your family, then it becomes scary to you to not have something better. And that really drives you. I would say that motivation can stem from both sides of the spectrum, whether it's looking at the negative consequences of continuing down the path that you're going or looking ahead to knowing that you can have something better, something beautiful, something so empowering. And both of them can be the drive to keep you consistent and keep you going. You have a lot of moms who as clients who see some of your other clients who are doing really well, and that inspires them as well? Oh, yes. The success stories are truly magical. 
Um, every mom wants to know, well, what is she doing? What is her secret? And, of course, it's not like they're secrets. They're just the foundational components of a system that works, and it's a matter of applying them consistently. And then, once again, it goes back to that mindset. And, hey, I'm throwing the excuses out the window, and if she can do it, I can do it. And they all tend to feed off of each other. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. You have moms of all different levels and ages and and uh, body types on your website, fityummymommy.com. And basically, I mean, I think the whole spectrum is covered there with success stories that there's, you know, almost no one would be able to say, well, I can't do it because there's somebody who's been in their situation before who's who has done it. So I think they'll get a lot of inspiration out of checking out some some of those stories. And, and some of those stories, the women mention that they feel like they look better now than they did in their 20s. So that's a pretty powerful statement, oh, I yeah. think. Anyways, so what um, what can you tell us about those stories? Well, I think some of the immediate changes can be seen in their dramatic increase of energy. And energetic people are just more vibrant and radiant. Radiant, And that in itself is youthful. Um, and this can happen in just a matter of weeks. I mean, it's not something that you have to wait for. Um, these short burst workouts obviously are going to help mom shed fat and tone up faster and reveal a more youthful body rather than a tired, frumpy body that you want to, that you just hide. You want to, you want to show it off. You feel good about your body. And plus you're eating supportively and these foods are providing your body with enhancing nutrients. Um, they're full of antioxidants that help fight the signs of aging. Um, they're more hydrated. Their skin is glowing. They have less wrinkles because of it. But I really think that more important than the external physical changes that do accompany eating right and exercising are actually the internal changes because these fit yummies just feel younger. They feel better about themselves, and my God, it shows. They feel better in their own skin and we all know that a confident woman is an attractive, youthful, radiant woman. I think one of the big points that you made there was about the lifestyle changes leading to more energy, and that can make somebody feel a lot younger. Now, somebody who's 25 and is you know, drinking Red Bulls all day is going to have those crashes and, and eating high-sugar food. I mean, they're going to have really low, what I call mental energy, like you're going to be tired all the time. And if you know, a woman 10 years older than that is eating properly, that's one way for sure that a woman is going to feel 10 years younger, let alone look 10 years younger with the confidence aspect that you mentioned there. So very important lessons for the moms that are listening. <laughs> now, last thing about moms who are busy, what do you say to moms who come to you and say, I am too busy for this, or, you know, that, uh, you know, whether they're wanting to come to you for, help or whether they see you in the gym and they or they see their, your clients and they say, well, I'm just too busy. So what do you say to those, those women? Oh, I love to start asking them all kinds of questions, starting with what is most important to you and what are your priorities? And then I say, are you sure? Um, it's, it's typical for me to have them make a list of what they're spending their time on in a typical day. And then I have them reflect and say, are these the things that are going to bring you the results that you desire? And it is, it's just that pure awareness that, that women are like, oh, okay, now I see. Okay, well, what is more important than making time for you? 
nothing should be more important because, like we've talked about before, I mean, self-care is absolutely vital because if you cannot care for yourself, how much longer are you going to be able to care for everybody else? Because women, busy moms, we are notorious for wanting to be taking care of everyone around us except ourselves. Okay, Holly, that was very, very good stuff. Um, obviously, I think you covered the big points there that, of how to eat properly, of how to exercise in less time, and how to avoid or overcome the obstacle of being really busy. Is there anything that you want to add, last points for busy moms who you know, maybe are on the verge of making a change or you know, are struggling with their long workout routines? or you know, even the ones that are doing pretty well but just want to take it to the next level? Any other tips or tricks? Um, well, in reference to the first group of women that you had mentioned, it's all about making it a priority. And when something becomes a priority in your life, you, you have to give up the excuses. And like I tell my clients, every time that you feel like you want to make an excuse, stop yourself. Even visualize a big old red stop sign. And instead of making an excuse, come up with a solution, and little by little, you'll see that you can take control over this. You can take control over your life. You can take control over your body, and you can make dramatic results happen in a very short amount of time. And, and they shouldn't is, feel guilty for this, right? And no, 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 no guilt whatsoever. I mean, this is a but matter of... But that's a common thing, you. right? Women feeling guilty that they're taking time from themselves? Yes. It's common, but it's a matter of saying, okay, well, and that's where the success stories come in, too. Yeah, it was common for me to, you know, maybe Amy felt guilty when she started, but she understood the difference between not taking care of herself and taking care of herself, and this is what where it got her, and look at everything that benefited in her life because of it. Right, okay. All right, Holly, thank you so much. Um, for our listeners, if you want to learn more about Holly's story and also her success stories, you can visit her website at fityummymummy.com, F-I-T-M-U-M, wait a minute, no, F-I-T-Y-U-M-M-Y-M-U-M-M-Y.com, and Holly also has a blog, which is fityummymummy.blogspot.com, and she has a report on her website called uh, Five Steps to Boosting Your Metabolism, so if you haven't already, check that out and learn more about her information, she has some great grocery shopping tips and nutrition tips on her blog. Really good posts every day there that can really help women save time, um, improve their exercise programs, improve their eating programs, and also just basically, you know, help them be, be the best darn mom that they want to be because that's, no matter how much we try and convince them that uh, their health and fitness is the number one priority, I'm sure almost every mother would say that their family is the number one priority, but one of the big lessons that Holly gave us is that if we improve our health and fitness, if we make that a priority, then all our other priorities will improve as well. And it's not a lot of time, right, Holly? It's not at all. It's surprisingly quicker than you would ever imagine. Okay, great. Any last words, Holly? I am just looking forward to meeting some more future fit yummy mummies out there and helping them to unleash their yumminess. Okay, great. Thank you so much. So, this is Craig Valentine from TurbulenceTrain.com and TTMembers.com. Thank you very much for listening.